it's been a little bit of time since we uh, did our la- last Bet Talks podcast, but we are back stronger than ever. Yes, yes. Um, continue to bring new, exciting guests to you. And we're so excited to have Dory and Patina with us from Learn to Love. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you. Yeah, we... Um, yeah, thank you. And and this is a really unique um, situation because we are recording it through Zoom. So, of course, I get to see Dory and Bettina, and I may share with the listeners segments of this video, but the podcast is usually audio. But what's unique is Dory and Bettina are in a relationship, but right now a little bit separated because of COVID, and Bettina has gone back to school in Austria. So she's in Austria, and Dory's in Toronto. Wow. So they have like a whole global love affair going on. <laughs> And when we say international, we mean international love, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) So tell me a little bit about why you two, you know, decided to get into the relationship coaching um, environment. What brought you two to this um, place of talking to others about love? And I'm sorry, again, you guys know I kind of break the the script. Um, I know Elizabeth wants to go right into it, but... Dory, I have a question for you, sir, before we actually go into it. Um, good evening, good afternoon, good morning to all you podcast listeners out there. Um, as Elizabeth have already introduced our guest, I have to say I was listening to one of your courses or classes or messages last night, Dory, and dude, I got so relaxed, I felt like I was being hypnotized. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm like, you know, this is, is good basic content but honestly, I can only imagine how your voice and your message behind the voice really lures, you know, the, the audience in. Have you experienced that before? Have you been told that before? Um, no, I haven't. Yes, that means I'm the first one. That means I'm the first one. Good. No, he has. I know. But like, girls said that to me. <laughs> <laughs> and and as a guy, see, I'm I'm you know, of course, I'm confident in my masculinity, but I'm also confident in my sensitivity. And I'm like, man, it's like in the evening, eight o'clock, nine o'clock, and I'm like, if I keep listening to this guy, not only am I receiving content, but it's relaxing me so much that I won't be able to finish things that she has me doing. <laughs> Thank you. Well, it's a good problem to have. Like, if you're going to talk to people about love and relationships, I think you should be bringing some kind of relaxing effect to them. And so that's a, it's a compliment to you, Dory. Um, so tell us a little bit about like what you guys do. I know we met via Twitter. Um, thank God for social media, right? Because we get to connect with people all over the world. Um, and, and you reached out and we had some things in common. And Dory and I are both nerds about this like love thing. And I think Patina is too. Um, and, and we talked a lot about his philosophy and your philosophy that you guys uh, tell people. One of the things I like that you said was love smarter, not harder. Mm. Um, can you tell our listeners a little bit about what that means from both of your perspectives? Yeah, sure. Um, so I can begin. Um, love smarter, not harder is a concept that you don't necessarily have to work harder. You just have to do what works. Mm. Um, so I think about it kind of like stock trading. So a lot of people, when they make a stock portfolio, they diversify and they have real estate, they have foreign markets, they have indexes, and you want to keep buying what gives you good returns. So we're not saying buy more. We're saying, see what gives you good returns, good dividends, and then keep doing that because it's going to help you grow better over the long term. And what that looks like in a relationship is 
not doing all the trial and error on your own, but using some of the research that did the trial and error for you to help you find what works. So for example, loving your partner in the way that they understand love. Often we project onto our partner our desires and our needs, but we have to really ask the question like, is this working? For example, would you rather I unload the dishwasher right now or sit with you and talk to you about your day? Do you like it when I bring you flowers or would you rather go on a trip together? And another thing is during conflict, what would you like me to do when you're sad? Um, because we can try, 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 but if it's not what's working for our partner, then it's kind of like we're wasting. So just about doing more of what works. Yeah, I like that. that's very well said. I like that. You mentioned something about flowers and um, <laughs> the reason that Elizabeth is laughing because she knows this is bad talk, ladies and gentlemen. And what we simply do with this podcast is we're just inviting people into our conversations, sometimes intimate conversations, sometimes intense conversations. Um, but I, I like what you said, Dory. Um, it, it is working smarter, not harder, and it can be applied in love relationships. Well, there's a routine that I love doing, okay? And that's, you know, I, I purchase flowers, you know, on a regular basis, and I like to pick out different types of flowers and put them, you know, of course, in our vase here uh, in, in our home. Well, that's been such a routine for me. I felt a certain way when um, someone to my right... That'd be me. Um, <laughs> all of a sudden, I came home one day and I saw these flowers in the vase or vase, as some people pronounce it. And I looked and I said, um, hey, I didn't say anything initially. I came in because I think she was upstairs and I'm like, okay, is someone taking over my flower duties? <laughs> Long story short, um, she did it again that following week. Now, by this time, I'm like, oh, okay. Because the first time she said, well, I got them for you, babe. I know you like flowers and I wanted to, and I said, okay, that was nice. But then she did it again that following week. And we had some problems. I didn't like how this portfolio setup was going, Dory, you know. So I simply said, and, and, and I mentioned this to her later, and I'm going somewhere with this, ladies and gentlemen. You know, when you talk about working smarter, not harder, I could have allowed this to fester for weeks upon weeks upon weeks. And then, I don't know, a year later, we're having a disagreement and I blow up about the flowers. When I could have nipped that in the bud you know, no pun intended. No pun intended. <laughs> um, I, I could have resolved that, you know, sooner than later. Um, so when you talk about working smarter and not harder, you're exactly right. And I agree. I did eventually approach her about it. And it was a sensitive moment for me because I want that to be my routine. And that just goes along the lines of having that line of communication, you know, speaking each other or one another's language. Um, so I just wanted to go into you know that little example that we actually had. Elizabeth understood. Uh, I think she even wiped a tear from my eye when she realized, baby, okay, you can have flower duties again. <laughs> so resume your duties. No, because from, from my perspective, it was like I was in a store. I saw flowers and said, okay, no big deal. And I didn't realize how much he valued doing that particular thing. So to your point, loving smarter, not harder is listening to your your um, significant other's response on certain things like that and trying to understand why they may feel that way and then just sometimes saying, okay, I get it and letting them have that part of the relationship because that doesn't hurt the relationship. It helps the relationship actually. So um, I thought that was, it was an interesting learning experience for me as a relationship coach because I was like, oh, I didn't realize I messed up flower duty. <laughs> so yeah, what about you, Bettina? What are your thoughts um, too around some of the things that Dory mentioned? Yeah, I think you mentioned very important points, especially like 
like conflict resolution, which is so important, like words and how you say things matter so much. And for example, there's this whole um, like thing about how, how you communicate smartly. Um, for example, don't like use I statements, don't say you, don't blame the other person because it will just like create the conflict without getting the message across. And yeah, that's also what we mean with lots smarter because there are tools and you can easily use them. Yeah, and I think when it comes to conflict, it's so tough because I think in that moment you want to explain your way out of a situation as opposed to just actively listening and taking in what the person's saying and processing that. I think it's such a natural uh, human inclination to want to defend, right? But in defending, sometimes yeah. you miss out on an important message that your your partner's trying to convey to you. So sometimes it's taking that hit and just like listening to what they're saying, even though it could feel a little painful and uncomfortable and processing it and, and, and really trying to under, understand so it can help your relationship and your communication be better. And I think this is something like that could really help the world globally. We're, we're seeing that right now where yeah. people are very divided uh, and there's a lot of partisanship just in politics, right? But what's happening is people are not communicating at all. So when people stop okay. communicating, it just builds up more conflict versus when people are able to like talk about things, even if they disagree, because I think when you at least listen to someone's perspective, it may make you think a little differently about something or it may help you understand where that gap is. Because a lot of times, a lot of the things we feel are based on our experiences, how we've grown up, you know, what we've been exposed to. And sometimes seeing a different uh, perspective on it can add a little different uh, thinking pattern to you, what, you know, how you see it. So I, I think I, I heard a quote, it said, bad communication is better than no communication. And I was like, huh? <laughs> so I'm a nerd, Dory yeah. and Bettina. So I started looking into it and, and, and what they were really saying. And me and Kay talked about it. He broke it down very plainly for me. He said, yeah, because if you're not talking at all, there's no way to solve through something. You don't stand a chance. You don't stand a chance. You don't want bad communication, but you. the point is you want to have some communication. So the, the thing is to love smarter, not harder, is to make that communication less of the bad communication, but maybe a communication that gets you to a bridge, right? To bridge those differences. Exactly. Yeah. Um, another thing. I'll oh, go ahead. I was, I'm sorry. To... Yeah, I want to say I like that you mentioned that we talk about that in, in conflict, which is why does conflict arise? And often it's to fill a void because humans need interaction. And what's the easiest way to get an emotional response from someone else? What's a way that you can get the m most emotion with the least amount of words? It's through anger. If you make someone else angry, you get them fully engaged, mm. fully involved. And so we got to think if there's a void, is anger going in to fill that void? I like what you mentioned as well about the need to just like get the word out sometimes and about working together. And, and that's why in conflict, we talk about first rescue. This idea of if someone's drowning, first you pull them out the water, you help them warm up. And then, you know, you say, what are you doing in the deep end if you didn't know how to swim? Or like, why are you out at night right. in the lake? And it's the idea that if someone's drowning in their emotion, they're not able to think fully and they may say things that they don't mean. So how are you supposed to connect to them like like logically and have a full conversation in that state? So it's first get them out of the state through, for example, can they give you a hug? Or like, I'm just gonna let you vent. You know, what, what do you have to say? 
or like I'm with you and then we can get to the the rest of the conversation yeah and I think sometimes it's asking your partner what they need in that moment because I think like from a male perspective men and I'm not going to project totally on men but to some degree men look to solve so when you're complaining or you're like I can't figure this out and a guy is giving you 20 solutions he's like we already figured that out why are you still talking about it so I think for for women like one thing I've found is helpful with the people our coaches to say look when you're communicating if it's something you just want to vent about say to your partner I just really want empathy right now I just want you to listen I'm not really looking for a solution I'm talking this out because for some people the way they problem solve they may be talking it out verbally kind of knowing what they need to do but they may need to drive themselves to that particular solution so i i agree with you like on the communication strategies and and you're right if someone's drowning if you're sitting there going off about why are you in the deep end they're gonna drown right but if you pull them out the water and then you're like okay what was going on and then you have that conversation it's just more appropriate and it makes more sense to the communication linkage you know as well um, another thing that I, I like that you talked about, you know, we've heard of EQ, which is emot- emotional intelligence, being able to read things, pay attention to nonverbals. But you mentioned a term that really captured my interest, which interest, which is relationship intelligence. Can you kind of tell our listeners about what that means? Yeah, sure. So that's a term that we made up. I'm not sure if it actually uh, is a, a real. A you real should thing coin it. You should coin it. I yeah. think. I think you should coin it. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, it goes from IQ. So there's a lot of focus on IQ through the 40s, through the 60s. And then we started talking about EQ um, in the 90s and the early 2000s, emotional intelligence with Daniel Goleman, um, notably. Um, and people started thinking, like, huh, like, what is anger? You know, how do I, what is sadness? How do I recognize the emotions in others? And it was like a big trend. And now I want to talk about RQ is relationship intelligence all about how can I be more effective with my partner um, and, and that encompasses all the things we talk about yeah so it's just about how can I be more effective what are what are healthy relationship dynamics what are conflict resolution strategies what are the stages of a relationship what does healthy teamwork look like what are boundaries how do I use them effectively all this I think I'd put in in relationship intelligence RQ yeah, can you tell like our listeners, I, there, there's a personal reason that you really get into this field. Um, you're a child of a divorce, divorced parents, right? So you kind of saw things not always go so well as far as the way maybe your parents cope with like communication and conflict resolution. Can you talk more about how that affected like how you see relationships and how you like to research and learn how people can kind of avoid that minefield of maybe you know not choosing the right partner right or maybe even if they're they're in a relationship that could be healed the right way to do that can you tell us a little bit about that too yeah sure um so yeah so there are actually two divorces in the family there was one with the parents and then one with the step parents mm. um like the parents together then the parents and the step parents and then I was like, damn, like one in two families is getting divorced. <laughs> yeah. And then I, and I asked, like, what keeps people together? And it's like, you know, it's up to faith. One in two get divorced and there's nothing really you can do about it sometimes. And I'm like, okay, I get that. But then again, like, I, I'm a scientist. I do my master's now in biology. Hmm. And, I, you know, I like the fate idea, but I don't fully buy it in this case. I was like, all right, maybe it's some up to fate, but I want to figure out what isn't up to fate. Mm-hmm. And, um... Yeah, I was interested in psychology, so it just fit. Um, so I took some courses in psychology in my, my undergrad, um, my bachelor's in health sciences, health promotion, lots of reading. 
And then it came to a point with Bettina also doing reading that we were like, hey, maybe this could help people. But it's like, all right, people aren't going to read all these books if we give them a reading list of like 20 books. So let's just make it fun and engaging. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where Learn to Love arose. Mm. Well, I like that partnership. And uh, Matina, I have a question for you. Um, what is the biggest attribute um, that you guys see within your relationship? I mean, I know what some people is, is laughing. Some people is, is, is reading, as Dory said. Some people is walking. What is the biggest attribute that you guys, when you find yourselves in an intense moment, can go to that particular attribute to help mold and bring yourselves back together? It is having those deep conversations where we really talk about how, like, really go deep down how we feel, what it feels like, how it shows, and and also that we that we are both very curious and ask like questions a lot, and we just talk about everything, and and I didn't have that before, and it was. That is something that I love so much about our relationship and that I, yeah, couldn't, never want to miss them. Right, right. I actually thought you were going to say, you know, we just start studying microbiology or something, you know, because that's what, the, but you know, everyone has their thing. But uh, yeah, I, and, and the reason I asked that is because, you know, me and Elizabeth, we, we have, I, I guess, in an unspoken word way, we have a go-to. And I think our go-to is laughter. Sometimes I may say something that's silly or off the wall. Sometimes she may say or do something silly that's off the wall and I'm still grumbling like an old bear or in the, as the country folks say here in the South, like an old bear, you know, and she'll, she'll do a little something. And honestly, when you love someone, that, that little small go-to or sign of affection, it can pierce even the hardest hardest walls that you may have put up so i i appreciate that about our relationship and was just curious about you guys you know what is your go-to what about you dory what do you appreciate about Bettina? um i i i would agree with Bettina. the go-to being that we're very curious and we can always talk about things from like not a i don't want to say like 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 emotional but like without like a fighting kind of thing it's kind of like if there's ever conflict we're both very curious so it's not like oh i'm gonna get at the person it's like huh i wonder what they're feeling or like huh i wonder what i'm doing that um contributed to the situation and i love that we can have those discussions where we really unpack the situation and ask each other questions um that make me think and better make us better understand each other so i would say that as well curiosity always being able to ask like what was that like for you or like what are you feeling right now or like um like tell me more about your thoughts on on this and that we can so your your go-to is counseling you guys literally one will sit in the chair the other one will have their pad and seriously you will ask certain questions because of curiosity to see why you're feeling this way and when one person's time is up the other one switches and now (laughs) that person Hey, that's how I draw it. I like that. That's good. That's so funny. I, have, I think it's very important that we have that because in, a, like in our relationship, it's, we grew up in very different places, cultures. and I mean, yeah, culture is not so different, but still. And 
if we would always be like, we do it this way and I don't accept any other ways, then yeah, it wouldn't work. So it's just... Now, do you find it easier? Right. Do you guys find it easier that you're, you're able to coexist without necessarily coexisting because you're on two separate sides of the spectrum? Um, because th- there are cases where now you find two people in, in one household and the conflict resolutions may be slightly different than they were before at a distance. Th- does that question make sense? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Um, there are a lot of differences to actually living together or um, doing long distance, which we notice when we are together. Um, but time, time will tell. Um, I think I think the same principles apply though in terms of um, giving them a space to to vent and using those I statements instead of saying like you're so mean, saying like it seems to me that you're upset right now, or like I'm noticing, just not labeling it. I imagine they work in both cases, but yeah, we can have another call in November when we'll be together in Austria. Hopefully, <laughs> and talk about that more. we'll see how things look then, right? What do you what do you yeah. what do you think? That, and this question is for both of you guys. You know, what do you think people uh, misunderstand or consistently get wrong the most about love? From like the research you've done, from your observations, what do you think people like? You know, think love is, but actually get it to- totally kind of confused about love. That's a great, uh, a great question. Something I could say is um, the means to an end versus means. You're going in just a little bit. You're going in and out, Dory. Dory, can you repeat yourself? Because you went in and so out a little bit. People will sometimes see their partner a means to. Uh, oh, wait, sorry. I think it cut out. It did. It did. Yeah. Hold on one second. Okay, try again. Sorry about that. Okay, sure now. Could have been me. Oh, I can hear you now. Go ahead. Um, it's me probably because it's like my internet connection. It said something. You know, we had storms in this in our area, so it may have went out for a second. But go ahead. I can hear you now. Oh, sure. Um, a misconception I would mention is is means to an end versus means to themselves. So often people see a partner as a means to an end. Like, you are going to make me not feel mm-hmm. lonely anymore. Mm-hmm. You're going to make me feel good enough. You're going to make me feel happy. Um, and the partner's kind of like um, insecure boredom. Um, but then they realize that they're still bored, they're still unhappy, mm-hmm. and they're still lonely sometimes. And they get mad at their partner. And then they say, it's not working out. Mm-hmm. And, and the relationship starts to disintegrate. Mm-hmm. But the the confusion there is it's actually up to the individual to satisfy those needs on their own. The relationship is not a tool to make you feel like not bored anymore. Um, you're always going to feel bored sometimes. You're always going to feel unhappy. It's up to you to figure out, I would say. But it's a partnership on how can I help you achieve your dreams? How can I support you? I, I, I think of it in a sense of kind of like a flower. So partners come together and the one partner looks for the seeds in the other partner and helps them blossom and bloom. And it's not essentially about me, because often people go like, me, 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 I'm in this because I don't want to be bored. I don't want to be sad, you know? But it's actually about you. It's like, what can I do to support you constructively? And, and that's the misconception, is that it's the treating people as tools to overcome 
their own loneliness or something. Like, that's not going to work. Like, that has to come from the individual. It won't come from the partnership. It can, the partnership can help, but the individual still has to be able to do most of that on their own. It'll drive their partner crazy. They're like, you know, I need you to feel happy. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, I'm, you know that's too much pressure. True. <laughs> it's like, why are you going out with your friends? I need... Yeah, that's a good. Sorry, you went out for just a little bit. No, that's a really good explanation. Um, Bettina, what do you, what do you think on your end? Um, I think that people underestimate the responsibility that they have in the relationship for the other partner. How they really can make them feel like can. Often people are like, I'm happy anymore. I just believe, but they underestimate how hard this can be for the other part. So especially if you're married and built on life together and have maybe have kids and then people are maybe they're just selfish often and underestimate the responsibility yeah, for other people. It's definitely more of a team dynamic that you have to take in consideration. When it's just you, it's about you. You know, it could be about you because you don't have these other uh, responsibilities but when you come into a partnership and then you have a family it's now about more people right there's more people involved in the process so one definitely affects the other we have totally enjoyed talking to both of you and we're going to wrap up the show soon i just wanted you guys to tell our listeners where they can find you guys um if there's any projects you're working on things like that uh, yeah sure so you can find us um online on learnlove.ca um, we have a blog, learnlove.ca slash blog. We have a podcast, the Learn to Love podcast. It's um, one word, so L-E-A-R-N, number two, and then L-O-V-E, uh, and it's podcast. Uh, we have a YouTube channel if you'd rather watch videos. Um, just Learn to Love on YouTube, one word. Um, and we're on social media, so Learn to Love Media. Uh, you'll get us on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, you can find us on Pinterest and Facebook. Yeah. It's great. And is there any new projects you guys are working on uh, together? I think you were mentioning that you are putting together like a course uh, for people, right, Dory? Yeah. So um, we just launched the draft one of mm -hmm. our new course. It's called Love Smarter, Not Harder. Um, and it talks about a lot of what we spoke here. First unit is biggest misconceptions about love. Then it goes stages of the relationship, how we share and receive love. Limits Make Me Who I Am, Conflict Resolution and Teamwork. Um, so if you're interested, you can check that out. Um, and we're growing our podcast, so we're doing some interviews now. So we'll have some really exciting discussions like we did with you. Yeah. Uh, on the show. Um, and hoping to release a book maybe in a year from now, drafting a, a first book about relationship dynamics or tools to stay together or something like that as well. All right. Well, we were excited uh, to have you on the show. We think you definitely offer some pearls of wisdom. I, I think that listeners will be really impressed with uh, some of the, the terminology that you guys are developing uh, around relationships and how people could love smarter, not harder. I see a book title there. Hint, hint. Um, and, we're, and, and with that being said, we're going to uh, leave the show on that note. But thank you again for being guests. We enjoyed you thoroughly. Is there anything you want to say, Kay? Keep love alive. 
Okay, and until next time, XOXO. And please remember to listen to future episodes on the iTunes, um, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Take care, all you guys. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you.